All right, everyone. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the Search for Fulfillment podcast. I am here now with my host, my co-host, if you will, Hannah L. Like I said, first episode, my name is Daniel. Say hello to the Search for Fulfillment world, Hannah L. Uh, co-host sounds too official for me. I'm going to be real. Servant? That's better. Okay. That's good. <laughs> I, I like it better, too. But... As I said in the intro podcast, we'll be talking about a lot of things, and he will be my servant pretty much every episode. <laughs> We've known each other for... Since I was six, I remember being six oh. back then. Yeah, do probably. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. <laughs> and we know. went to... Yeah, he was friends with my brother before me, and then we kind of became friends after my brother got older and then we ended up going to college together i remember i was planning on going to community college in my hometown because i didn't know, really know what else to do and hannah says to me hey it'd be really cool if you changed your entire life path and went to college with me yeah your future had no purpose without uh me intervening yeah and i was i was i mean i to be honest i thought it was funny he's like so you want me to change the entire trajectory of my life because you think it would be fun to <laughs> go to college together just just to be clear and anyways i guess i ended up going yes yes (laughs) i did i did say yes we went to word of life bible institute we were roommates together and then for the past year or so we've been hanging around our hometown of oakland florida we are both 21 years old now he just turned 21 recently and we are living the life so like i said when we first started this or when i did the intro This is going to be, it originally started as a political podcast, and then we kind of morphed it into just whatever we wanted to talk about. So we will talk about politics, but we're going to talk about all kinds of things, and we'll try to talk about some fun things to keep it light. So before we get into the topics of today, let us talk about something a little light and a little fun. So don't really know where to go, don't really know what would be light and fun, but I guess I'll just start with what is one thing about, okay, we'll do two things. One thing embarrassing about yourself and then just one thing you like to do so people can get an idea of who we are. So I'll try to keep it brief because I could go in much detail because, I mean, detail's great, but I, I don't want this to be about all my embarrassing stories. So first I'll do a thing I like. I'll do two things I like just because I can. I enjoy basketball a lot, and then I enjoy making videos as well, videography, filmography, whatever you want to call it. I hope to do that some more one day. And for an embarrassing story, so many to choose from. Surprisingly, I get asked, asked that question a lot. What, what's something embarrassing? And this one's a crowd crowd favorite. So basically, I was in fourth grade, and I was at a church youth event. And youth at the time was for sixth grade only, sixth grade and up. And so I was already two years younger. And so I was already insecure. I was already not feeling comfortable. I was already kind of nervous to be there. You know, when you were that young, kids who were two years older than you was like a lifetime. So I was there. My brother was there because he was old enough. And we were all playing basketball inside the gym, playing sports. We were playing the game Knockout. If you know anything about that game, which you probably do, it's where everyone lines up in front of the basketball court and shoots a shot and whatever, whatever. So I was lined up. I was in the middle of the line, people behind me, people in front of me. And for some reason, as a fourth grader, I was wearing basketball shorts, and as a fourth grader, I thought it was socially acceptable to not wear underwear. 
I just thought, well, if you're wearing shorts, I mean, you don't have to wear underwear. I, really good idea. I don't know where I got it from, but I was sitting in line, standing in line, and then I just feel my shorts drop to my ankles. <laughs> and I realized at that moment in horror as I look down that I'm not wearing any underwear and my shirt happens to be a really small one. So it's not really covering anything. It's not doing me any good. <laughs> and everyone just starts laughing. And it's like, it's like, you, it's just like everything's in slow motion. You just feel them fall to your ankles in slow-mo. And I, I'm, of course I want to cry, but I, I can't. Everyone's just laughing at me saying I'm going commando. And I feel real good about myself. And my brother's standing in line next to me. So I'm like, hey, dude, pull up my shorts for me. Because I can't bend down. Because if I bend down, my short shirt will hike up. And then people will see both sides of me that they didn't want to. And so I asked him to pull my shorts up. And being the brother that he is, he said, no, I don't want to do that, dude. Pull up your own shorts. But I couldn't because if I bent down, it was the end of my life already. I was already dead. But I would be expelled out of heaven, too, because I didn't deserve to be that after showing everybody that. So... I asked him to, and he, he, he eventually pulled up my shorts for me, and crisis averted, sort of. I still live with the scar of it today. And then everyone, I guess, got word that I didn't wear underwear, and so multiple people tried to pants me the rest of the day. So I sat in with the nerds playing video games, and I still play video games to this day, so maybe that emotional scarring is it. what... Yeah, that brought me to being a friggin' nerd. So that's mine i have plenty more but hannah L, it is now your turn but first right. or don't remember don't forget the thing that you enjoy oh the thing that i enjoy as far as hobbies go not a whole lot currently um so aside from working in college and doing homework occasionally i end up wasting time on youtube and video games and stuff like that so i guess i would be as they say a gamer but I don't like labeling myself as that. That sounds kind of weird. But anyways, um, for embarrassing stories, um, back when I was probably like, I don't know, like seven, eight, maybe nine at the most, um, it was really weird for me to be around anybody without my shirt on. Like, that wasn't, I don't know, nobody in my family was ever casual about that. So, um my uncle knew this and I was, I was messing with him one time, just like poking the bear. Like, I don't know. I was like actually poking him or something like that. And just trying to get attention from him. And he goes, you do that one more time. I'm going to take your shirt off and throw it up on the roof. Cause he knew that about me, like how uncomfortable it made me. So I was like, he wouldn't do that. He wouldn't dare. He loves me too much. But, um, I did it. And uh, he grabs me, and I start running to no avail. And he pulls my shirt off, of course, right in front of anybody, everybody. This was at my grandma's house, by the way. At, like some family gathering right in front of anybody, in front of everybody, excuse me, including her neighbors who were over, um, pulls my shirt off and throws it up on the roof. And so I, I think I like ran for cover behind a chair and sat there for a good 15 minutes till my dad made my brother get a ladder and go get my shirt off the roof. It was a rough time. And then I was, I mean, I was like, what, seven or eight. So I was a crying mess in the back of the house the rest of the day. So that was a fun time. Um, that's about it for that one. I have a lot of stories about my uncle 
with that kind of sense of humor. Apparently his uh, favorite joke was making fun of me, but it's okay. I got a lot of laughs out of it too, I guess. Now this leads us to our topic today, which is social media and its effect not only on our attention span, but on our everything and how everything. Yes. That covers it. Yeah. So we can wrap it up. (laughs) See you later. No, but we, it was originally going to be attention span, but then honestly, it really does. It fits into what, if you haven't listened to episode one, by the way, or the intro, you should, because I lay out the foundation for kind of where we're going to go with all this, but as far as social media goes, we're going to talk about the sort of short-term effects, but then how that affects long-term, how it affects society and culture as a whole, and then kind of how it plays into the idea that the way that people interact with social media, both good and bad, are always to fulfill their selfish desires and their desire for fulfillment. And we're going to start with ourselves, and then we are going to continue. So first... We're just going to kind of keep it simple talking about our own lives. So how would you say, Hannah, know that social media has negatively... Okay, so okay, here's a good way to start. Negative things in your life, positive things in your life, social media, go. (laughs) Um, Negative, obviously the attention span part. So um, like we've talked about this before where like I think with any social media app, you get like, so, I don't know, I feel like you, I feel like an old person saying this, but I feel like addiction isn't too strong of a word, honestly, where like, you depend on it so much for entertainment that you, you know, even when you like run it out, like you get bored of it, you run out of content that is actually entertaining to you. Like for me, I'll close the app and then five seconds later, um, go straight back to it by muscle memory or like I'll get tired of it and put down my phone and, um, think like, okay, I'm going to go like watch a video on YouTube and then I go straight back to whatever, you know, the same crap on my, um, computer. Um, so in that way, it's like, I think it really is addicting where that like instant gratification, like, you know, there's a degree to, short-term to long-term gratification, you know, and I think there's a definite relationship between, um, I don't think it's an opinion really, but there is definitely a a relationship between short-term and long-term versus the reward you get out of it, you know, so short-term gratification is a very small reward and long-term gratification is a very, um, is a much bigger reward. And so, you know, that small reward is just enough to keep you going for the amount of effort that it takes, right? Like all you're doing is scrolling and reading. It doesn't take a lot of thinking. It's not like you're reading a deep, heavy book or, you know, reading through your college textbook where you have to really think about the subject. It's just like processed. It's entertainment processed down to the lowest level, Um, you know, like it's like food that you don't even have to chew kind of thing. You know, like people do all the work for you that they can in order to get your attention, right? To like get your likes, to get your upvotes or 
um, whatever. And so it's made like as easily, easily digestible as possible, I guess. I think that's why we fall for that short-term gratification. Um, and so in that sense, like that's what leads to you getting bored of it because that reward is so small. And finally you realize that, and then you go to your computer, you know, for me, I'll go to a different device and then get, you know, sucked right back into it as soon as I forget how like pointless um, it was for me to be sitting there on my phone. Now I'm doing it on my computer, you know? Yeah. Something you said is pretty interesting about the overprocessed nature of it to where it's like the people who are like in critical condition or something and they're being fed their food through a tube they don't even do the the pro they don't even do the work for chewing it it just goes straight into their body and i think that's how it is for our in, for our brain where we're not letting it, it's so simplified that we're not letting our brain actually work it does the work for us even tv does the work for us instagram does the work for us in this this fast-paced technology for one causes us not to be able to wait but it also causes us not to have to work and i mean it's kind of a stupid example but the movie wally is probably like oh yeah that's a good one realistic in the sense that if you it was almost satirical in a way where that if you go so far with this rabbit trail of technology it it does in a sense become your your crutch okay so there's this thing in i think africa i i don't know for sure i could be wrong but there's this practice i guess it's a cultural thing where they put a bunch of these like rings on their neck it's some kind of like form of showing that you're wise or i don't know the women do it i guess where the, or maybe the guys do it too where they'll put a ring on their neck just like a four ring metal rings like golden rings and then they'll put another one and another one to where it really stretches out their neck oh yeah yeah i think i've seen pictures of what you're talking about and then when they take it off they die because they can't support the neck for themselves Oh, because it's it stretched it so far and it's been supporting it. Because you think about it, if you're not using your muscles at all. Yeah, you're not using your neck muscles anymore. Your head is just being held yeah. up by all those rings. So if that's your life for 20 years, you take it off and you die because your neck can't support the weight of its head. And so that is how it is with social media and that the social media are those rings. And if we rest our life, but also our attention span, also our satisfaction and our, our brain power on those rings, as soon as we take them off, Meaning, as soon as we're without it for a moment, we figuratively die. I think what it is is that uh, it's not so permanent for us, but it's the way that we're training our attention spans and our thinking to be very short-term focused. So, um, I'm trying to think how to say it. Like, you know, it's still possible to retrain your brain, so to speak, to where you're, you know, you're used to that more long-term, you know, and you you know, it's perfectly possible for somebody to go from being um, a short attention span addicted to social media type person to like, um, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is like a bookworm, like somebody who um, reads books a lot, I think has a good, a well-trained mind in that long-term gratification when it comes to entertainment, um, where you're putting much more effort into it and you're you know, it takes much more effort. It takes much more time to get the entertainment out of it, but it's a greater reward um, in the entertainment sense because, you know, that's why we watch like movies and shows and um, 
and read books is because like although you can summarize the stories in them so um like short so quickly um if you want to you know boil it down to something as easily digestible as things like uh social media like there's much less entertainment reward in that versus sitting down and watching the whole entire movie like um if you just summarize everything that happens in Breaking Bad, I mean, you have to go so superficially um, and, like, fast, quickly, that, like, every little thing you say is, like, what are you talking about? Like, how did that happen? Like, I, I watched a video where Aaron Paul, like, basically explains everything in two and a half minutes um, on, I think, like, Jimmy Kimmel. Um, and most of it was, like, oh, like, I was thinking, like, that doesn't do it justice at all. You know, and so that's what makes things like a long show or a long book so much more rewarding is like the depth, right? So there's a lot more depth to it in a long-term thing like a book. So um, back to the original point, I think it's possible um, to train yourself in either way, but the popularity of social media and that instant gratification, and again, like when you attach the whole selfish, self-centered, sinful, sinful um, concept to it, the you know you could call it lazy um you know that side of us our nature um you know falls for that instant gratification a lot easier and you know it's it's not like every person because they're a sinner is doomed to social media it's not a hard and fast rule is what i mean like you know not everybody is a slave to their social media and there are those bookworms so to speak you know people who are trained mentally for more long-term rewards when it comes to entertainment and especially I think when you get older um you get that way more because like you've seen it all you've done it all um in the in the short-term um area you know yeah and this could be a stretch but just thinking about a couple things one is in myself uh, okay so like you said honestly the mo the longer posts are normally the most beneficial to you but we don't want to read them. And it's, it's actually funny. Cause I do this. Like I, I audibly say this when I'm scrolling and I see something that may be beneficial, but too long as I don't care. And I keep scrolling. Like, just, <laughs> or you get, do you ever get like halfway through and then you're like, ah, whatever. I'm bored. Yeah. Too many words. And I'll literally say that. And too many words, yeah. I'm just kind of being funny with myself, but like, I actually say that and it's like, this could be very like a much of a stretch, but I, I do think that you have to you have to look at the bigger picture because if the Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, you have to see that there's more to it than oh, I just really like social media too much. You have to see the big the big big picture. And we're gonna have this guy on the show, hopefully, uh, my history teacher. He is a retired Air Force general and he's a historian Thanks. and he has like a degree in it and everything. And he he's like one of the like most knowledgeable people I know. And he always stressed that he taught my history. I don't know if I said that. He always stressed that history teacher. Yes. And yes, I did say it. He always stressed that history is not just a collection of individual events. It's one story that is a domino effect. So what happened and we always think it's like name and date here, name and date here, name and date here. Mm -hmm. But what happened in 1890 still has effects today. And so anyways, I said that to say, I think it's important to look at the big picture when there is a big picture, AKA always, because there always is one. So what I was going to say was it might be a stretch, but you can you can tell me if I'm tripping here. I think that, so follow me, it's a, so social media, everything can be quick. So we don't want to read, we don't want to learn. So everything, 
and it teaches us not to work like I was telling you, like our brain. We want everything right here. We want everything right now. And as soon as we have to wait any longer, we get upset. We almost we 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 hate it and we almost get we we get unsatisfied and discontented, right? We don't want to have to wait. We don't want to have to work for information to be brought to us. We don't want to have to research ourselves. We want other people to research it and post it for us. We don't want to have to oh, watch yeah, the movie. We want one. people to critique it and tell us what we know so we don't have to watch it. We don't want to... Well, Before I, I waste my time on a movie, I read the reviews. Yeah. And I don't get to why... see if I'm going to waste my time or money. Yeah, and I don't get why people... I mean, watch people play video games. I mean, I don't get it. I think it's <laughs> fun. But, like, it's like I don't, I don't even have to play the game. I can just watch someone else do it. It's like... So, anyways, this kind of... It's like this... We need this this instant information, this instant gratification, if anything takes longer than a second. I mean, if my phone doesn't load an Instagram post in five seconds, it's like I just like quit. And this could be a stretch, but I think that this kind of sows seeds of discontentment when we have to exert for anything. And I say that to say this whole idea of wanting minimum wage for working at McDonald's and or sorry, higher minimum wage for wanting to work at McDonald's is your is is making a frozen hamburger really worth fifteen dollars an hour? Is it worth wrecking the economy because you want to have a little bit more money so you can buy Starbucks? And that's really calloused. And I'm not saying that all people. I'm not. I'm not generalizing a group of people. Politics but, goes in the next episode. Yeah, but what, what my point is is that I do think that nice. I do think that this kind of sows seeds and psychological. Patterns of human behavior repeat themselves. My, my teacher said that too. He didn't say history repeated itself. He said patterns of, hmm. patterns of human behavior repeat themselves. And that also, that lesson or that uh, principle extends to the entirety of history also. And yeah. so the, the application on the, uh, the large scale is, yeah. you know, turns into that history repeats itself yeah. concept. Yeah. And, and so, so this, we think it's such a small thing, but these psychological things that in social media and in technology in general, this this idea of instant, it has long-term and bigger picture effects into our everyday life where we can't wait in a waiting room without having to look at something. And, mm-hmm. Or even have a conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or and like while you're watching TV, you'd yeah. still, like you were talking about that yeah. before, I think in the intro yeah. episode, you know, how you, you're scrolling Instagram while you're watching TV because it's... Um, you know, the TV isn't entertainment enough. Yeah. And I do think the whole socialistic side is anti-work in that, yeah, I understand. I'm a student. I understand that college is expensive. I understand that we want to make more money. It's I, To me, it's just anti-discipline and anti-work because really, yeah. and, and so it's it's the idea that we can't, we don't want to save. We don't want to put money aside. We don't want to take the time it takes to invest that money wisely. We don't want to take the time it takes to work. We don't want to take the time it takes to really plan this out. And so even though it's kind of a stretch, I do think that small term, small, small scale things have uh, an effect on large scale things. So I think that even though it's social media is a lot smaller than wanting free college, I think that it creates this mindset that we don't want to have to work for things and we want them to be given to us because that's yeah. what social media does it does that on a small scale it gives things to us without us having to do anything in return and so yeah. i think we want that when it comes to politics you're saying the instant gratification attitude applies to social media and you know all the way up into politics and yeah. you know your your career your um college all of that because mm-hmm. uh, think about it this way if there were two people and they said 
two options. A person gave you two options. You can, let's say, I don't know. I'm trying to think of how to put it because it just is kind of forming in my head. But like, you can go to college if, I'm trying to think of this. I don't know. Maybe this isn't exact, but I feel like if people were given the option of working for it, I don't, I don't know. I, I can't really think of a, a good way to put it. I'd have to think more time on it. But I do think that people just want it right away and they want it with mm-hmm. as minimal effort as possible. And that is how we receive our information now. And I think that is what we want on a grand scale. And it really comes down to discontentment and mm-hmm. Like if you listen to the first intro, discontentment happens when we're putting our fulfillment and we're digging out of a, a we're, we're, we're carrying buckets out of a well that is going to run dry. And so I think that that is where a lot of this stems as far as social media goes. Um, I think honestly, discontentment is where like a lot of the different topics we talked about doing stem from. I, f- I feel like you could almost do like a, um, you know, I, I imagine it like a, um chapter review out of a textbook or something where you go back and look at all the topics we've talked about you know the the political the social media whatever else and then have an episode on contentment and how that applies to the rest of it you know i think contentment goes into all of that um you know the social media the the uh political side where um people think more socialistically and want want people uh, want the government to provide things for them rather than their own, you know, the sweat of the brow, their own brow, so to speak. Um, but here's another thing about social media is um, when it comes to the attention span thing and how like it trains your attention span to be so short is I think it boils over into our relationships too. So in the social aspect, like um, my economics teacher, Jack Chambliss, um, I, I don't remember if I told you about his like attitude towards phones did i tell you about that i don't think so okay so the first day of class and i remember uh, my brother saying this um when he took his class uh chambliss's class you know in like the early 2010s um all the way back then he's he always says um basically i think if you own a phone you're going to hell (laughs) and obviously that's a joke um but he like he just hates phones and so um you know we'll be like hanging around in the you know last five minutes before class starts and we're all on our phones nobody's talking or anything and uh he'll go you know what it used to happen um 30 years ago when i first started teaching this class at valencia is before class started people used to talk to each other mm-hmm. <laughs> you know stuff like that like um and again like you were saying how your attention span gets so short that you're pulling out your phone while you're watching the TV. And we do the same thing in like conversations where we're in the middle of a conversation and we pull out our phone to respond to a text or um, social media. And it sounds like, you know, it's just the old crotchety dang kids Mm -hmm. people, Mm -hmm. uh, people with the dang kids mentality, Mm -hmm. I guess you could say who are saying, um, you know, you guys don't know how to socialize anymore. Blah, blah, blah. You don't know how to talk mm-hmm. to each other. But honestly, I think I agree with that because yeah. that social media or that, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> that short attention span bleeds over into your relationships. Also, mm-hmm. first of all, like texting, 
um, I think almost kind of like cheapens the conversation um, in some ways. I, I don't think that's like a, a huge factor in it, but I think that's a small part of it. And then the social media part uh, that's added into it and the, oh, here's a good way to put it. So all of that comes together to um, make communication so easy and I think the unintended consequence of how of that ease of communication is the superficiality of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like in the same way, and again, not just social media, but all of that, like uh, interconnectivity, when it comes to people's social lives, has like, along with that short attention span, has really like I don't know. I think, I mean there's already been all kinds of studies on the effects of social media, but I think in the future there may be studies that show um, how social media has had an, a negative effect on people's social lives because I think it's already like pretty clear, at least to me, like in my opinion, it's pretty clear that um, it has had a negative effect on people's social lives. If for, if like nothing else than just the fact that like people don't really start conversations with each other near as much or anything like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a, a funny real world example and, and I hate, like sometimes I hate talking about topics that a lot of people talk about. Cause then I just feel like uh, I don't want to be cliche. So we're, this is a pretty common topic. So we're trying to make it unique and a little bit more in depth, I guess. But one thing people always say when it comes to social media is that it gives you the boldness to say things that you would not be bold enough to say otherwise. And I have a funny example. So the I, I got recently married. The woman that I am with now, I have known since seventh grade. I didn't talk to her those years always, but I have known her since seventh grade. We went to school together. And in ninth grade, my first year of high school, we both liked each other we both knew we liked each other but we both acted like we didn't know that we liked each other (laughs) so as you can tell off to a great start (laughs) and so i i was too nervous to talk to her and partly because we both avoided the fact that we knew we liked each other but i was too nervous to talk to her i couldn't hold a conversation i couldn't even go up to her if i I literally if i saw her in the hallway i would turn around (laughs) and i like go the other way yeah yeah no i actually did that i was walking it was the end of the end of the day i saw her in the hallway and i like ran into the bathroom or something because i mean i liked her a lot i was too afraid (laughs) so what happens if you're on the way to a class i mean just skip no (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i where was i going okay so it was ninth grade. It was literally when DMs on Instagram first came out. It was like before that, if you wanted to talk to someone, you had to do it in the comments. Ooh. Yeah, it was weird. But so DMs first came out and it was funny. I was afraid. So so it was over Christmas break in ninth grade. And I was like, I can't talk to her in person. So what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to DM her asking for her number. Great start to a relationship because it's all <laughs> online. So, so I was saying not to say that I had a boldness to do it because... You don't have to face the person's react. You have time to respond. So if I were to ask for a number in person, there's that fear that in that moment she's feeling I'm weird. She won't know how to respond. I don't know how to respond and I don't know what to say back. She doesn't know what to say. So there's almost, there's like 90% less consequence if you do it over, over social media. So I was not afraid to, I was, but not as much. So since it was when first DMs first came out, um, I didn't know how they worked. So 
I was afraid that if I sent one to her asking for a number, it would show up to all of my followers because that's <laughs> how everything was. So I sent one to some random classmate of mine asking if making sure. And so anyways, I sent a picture of a jar of salsa in my house asking for Amanda's number, who's my wife's name, with a smiley face. I was like, hey, can I have your number? And she gave it to me. And so we talked all through the Christmas break, two weeks or so. And we were texting and it was it was great. But that's mistake number one because we started our relationship on technology. So we had no relationship in person. So when school started to come back in the, ne the next day, when, when school was starting, I was like, oh, I'm nervous. I don't know what I'm going to say because I've grown so much. I mean, two weeks, but I've grown to know about her over text, but I haven't grown in person. So I don't know how to go about it. I was like, what do I do? What do I say? Because we've already gotten to know each other a fair bit and I was afraid. And so I went for the classic ignore her. <laughs> and that's so, a great idea yeah i didn't say anything to her and i was like awesome this is a good idea and then i text her still i text her at the end of the day saying sorry uh whatever i was nervous ha, ha, ha. and we continued our relationship so she didn't start any conversations either no she was the same as me uh, so we were meant to be oh she so so we just continued texting and we we never crossed that bridge of in person because it's so much easier to text than it is to in person to talk in person so Ninth grade went along, and we kind of went our separate ways because we realized you can't really have a relationship if you never talk. And we kept avoiding the fact that we liked each other. We we both knew it, but we didn't act like it. We both were like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> so summer goes along. Tenth grade comes. We're like, all right, let's try this again, but let's not keep anything in the dark. Let's have the elephant in the room. You know, let's talk about it. So we tried again. Same situation. I couldn't talk to her in person. I just texted her, texted her, texted her, and it's so much easier. And, and that's why it ruins your ability to talk in person. I think that's why so many people have so many, so much social anxiety because they get so used to it that in person, like they, they can't look them in the eyes. Oh, that's a good point. Like, I mean, how much did you hear people talking about social anxiety before social media was big? Mm -hmm. Yeah. you. Like, I mean, I was young back then mm -hmm. and I didn't, there were a lot of things I didn't pay attention to, so I couldn't really say for sure. Yeah. But um, I think that's something interesting to look at too. Here's another, I just remembered something really funny. Um, that like whole thing about like being nervous to talk to her outside of texting brought me back to those days where you were like freaking out all the time and talking to me about how like you were gonna like ration out your time mm -hmm. um, texting her mm -hmm. and you're like okay for every like however you know however much I like text her I have to talk to her like this much mm -hmm. a day and I'm like bro what is your deal? But like, same, chill out. But at the same time, that's what technology does is it, mm -hmm. it causes us to lose sight of how to even talk to a person on a normal level. Because right. think about it. If, if, let's say that was 1980, phones weren't a thing, I probably would have had no issue talking to her. I might have been nervous. But it's, it's like mm -hmm. when we have social media as a fallback, we're more likely to fall back on it. That's how it is. Mm -hmm. When you have a, a plan B, you're more likely to fail in plan A. And so oh, that's a good point too. Because of the fact that, oh, well, if I can't talk to her, I still have this medium of conversation. Mm -hmm. it, but whereas in the 80s or, you know, whenever, there was no other. So you had to almost force yourself to do it. And and so, like, I really think it ruins your ability to converse with people because I know myself, I don't I don't like talking to new people. I, it's hard. You have to force yourself yeah. to look them in the eyes. You have to have, I mean, the things that I, you know, it's easy to give someone some really friendly compliments but saying that in person is so much harder and yeah. it, you just sound like oh i'm being kind of weird or fruity sounding <laughs> because i'm complimenting you right now 
and and I just know so many people get insecure and anxious because they can't live in a society outside of a screen and it stinks because so much of life is interacting with people and so many people don't want to do it and I mm -hmm. get it because it's scary but I mean I think that this is partly a lot of what causes it because like I, like he said I did not even know how to talk to her because I was literally rationing out which I think was in a sense good because I didn't at I least you recognized it. Is what yeah, I didn't want to base it just on texting. So I thought I shouldn't text too much so that I have a chance to talk to him personally. Yeah. And it's so funny. In the year that we actually started talking, I my, my method was that I made an entire list of conversational pieces <laughs> to talk to her about. Because I, if, if I said something to her and she responded, I wouldn't know what to say next. I couldn't keep the conversation rolling. So so you just I, had to like keep finding new subjects? Yeah, but it was like basic crap, like what I did when I got home. It was like, or a funny thing that happened to me. But I, I planned responses to what she would say to what I said so that I could keep the conversation going because I could mm -hmm. not. Like one time she said something to me before all this and I just looked at her and I literally said nothing because I didn't know what to say. <laughs> I just like stared at her and I was like... And so <laughs> I, I, I made a list of literal basic conversations so that I could learn how to talk to her. And that's really sad because that is the effect of texting her first and technology and relying on that too heavily. I talk to her now, I promise. But <laughs> no, you guys just text each other yeah. while you're sitting in the bed yeah. next to each other. I texted her, uh, uh, will you marry me when we went out? And oh. no, but yeah, so that's a personal example. And it, it was a direct effect of mistake number one talking to her over the <laughs> phone first instead of in person and it really ruined my ability to converse with her and it, i mean you know i like how it turned out but we probably could have been together a lot sooner <laughs> this is making me depressed now like now i feel like i should throw my phone away yeah. i don't know if i was saying this before but like like chambliss was saying like he doesn't own a phone mm -hmm. and part of you wants to be like how do you live without a phone and then, like, the more I think about it, like, this way, um, or, like, with this conversation, the more I'm, like, dang, like, that actually sounds like it would be better now that I think about it, you know, from the social, uh, from social life standpoint, you know? Yeah, and, and, and I've thought about that before, like, what if, and I've tried it, what if every single time that I normally would look at my phone, I dedicated to just thinking? And just thinking about productive things, how to better myself, how to create, you know, creativity is lost because of social media, at least a lot. And so what if I just spent every moment in a waiting room, waiting for a, a commercial break to end, waiting for church to start, class to start? What if I just thought, sat there and just thought or even talked to somebody, but just thought about life in general? And I feel like it would be such a more productive society if we dedicated those times to thinking instead of just this crutch of Instagram and social media, like you said, like practicing, a, practicing patience and attention span mm -hmm. so that, because that's such an important part of life because if we're, because the thing, here's how it gets deeper too. Cause if we cannot wait, we get impatient. If we get impatient, because here's the thing, spoiler alert, everything in life takes time. Everything good takes time. So if we're not willing to wait for something good, either A, we will try to cheat to get something good, or B, we will never get something good. And I think that is where the social socialism thing comes in, is we don't want to wait long enough. That's option A. So we will never get something good. B, 
we cheat to get something good. And that is, I think, the socialism mm-hmm. is that they it, it cheats, it, 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 it feasts off of someone else's work. And, and I'm not saying that those people who are powerful and rich haven't got there by wrong wrong means some good some some bad but i think it 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 causes us not to so if if we learn that we have to wait for everything good which is the case like i said we'll either cheat to get it or we'll never have anything good but also we will realize going through life and this is where the victimhood mindset comes into we will realize that life is full of things taking too long and then we will begin to think that life really sucks and we'll get discontented and we won't be fulfilled. And if, 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 if we get upset when things take too long and we realize everything in the world takes long, then we will hate life pretty much. And we will think life sucks. Mm-hmm. And I really do think you see that, especially now, because everyone is so unsatisfied and dissatisfied. Negative. With, yeah, every, everyone's negative about everything, everything. And, and that is what negativity creates negativity. Mm-hmm. So it's just annoying, but it's true. And like more on the political side, and especially when you like look at the media, um, it's like, you know, that negativity definitely carries over because that the negativity like that um, gets people's views, that gets people's attention. And, you know, like it's a lot easier. That's I think that's another social crutch is being negative is like if you're getting together and hanging out with people and all you do is complain about things like. I mean, it's kind of like not a very useful way of socializing, but it's easy. You know, it's easy to complain about. And then like you have something to relate with each other um, through, you know, just complaining. And in the same way, all that negativity in social media and normal media, such as news outlets, um, you know, gets views, gets likes because it drums up fear or, you know, this feeling that the world sucks like i mean i i see that on reddit all the time when um you know on like news uh parts of reddit where people are like oh my gosh the country or the world is you know going to crap because of trump or because of billionaires (laughs) you know all of this crap and it's like the only reason you think that is because that's what's gotten the most attention in media and like nobody is really paying attention to the positive side about uh, of it you know like mm-hmm. you for every um like actual good thing that has happened through Trump's administration you hear like 99 other bad things mm-hmm. you know for example the economy nobody has talked about the economy um being better since his presidency um really at all mhm um, like I've, I barely ever see anything like that on Reddit unless you're on like somewhere specifically conservative or like mm-hmm. whatever. So like just the, that in itself, like the positivity is so overshadowed by negativity because it, it gets those views and those likes and yeah. people identify with it and relate to it. Yeah. And were you done? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I just, you swallowed. I thought you were done, but you might've yeah, was done. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that that leads me to think of something is I like well when I was thinking about what you know what kind of things to talk about for this episode I, I liked the terming social media as the platform for pride and I think it's a platform for pride in two ways and just a quick side note nobody can exist in the same space as anyone anymore without 
roasting them for something or making fun of them for something or saying their opinions invalid or stupid or that they're an idiot for some reason. It's just like, like, like a celebrity cannot do anything without getting made fun of by somebody. And it's just so annoying, but I've noticed that about myself too. Like so much of my like social skills are made up by Mm -hmm. like bashing someone jokes, roasting, you know, sarcasm, um, directed at somebody like, Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I wish there was a way I could like specifically, um, I don't know. I, I feel like there's no way to do it other than just like, again, like kind of training yourself social skills wise to stop yeah. doing it. And, but the problem with that is it's gradual. And so you don't quite yeah. see the difference, but if I could just instantly, you know, I don't know, you have some magical ability to, um, every time where every time you were about to say something negative to somebody about somebody whatever you know you instead you just say nothing you know like if you if i had the magical ability to just keep my mouth shut that'd be magical right um instead of saying something negative or sarcastic or you know roasting as a joke to somebody i would probably talk like Mm -hmm. a quarter Mm -hmm. of the time that i do Mm -hmm. Like it's it's really sad how much of my yeah. social skills and I think so many other people's social skills are just that. Yeah, yeah, and this is, yeah, it's so true, and everything just becomes, even com- like you said, comedy is based around negative stuff. For some reason, we find it really funny when we're negative. Like I make fun of you all the time as a joke, and it's just like for some reason it's funny. But I don't know. It's, I mean, it's kind of a way of just like attacking like vulnerable people and i guess mm-hmm. that feeds our pride that, that is actually a good and it's way like it's cheap too yeah it, it's it's like as far as socializing goes especially for famous people but even people around us it's like if i can even as a joke point out these flaws in someone then it feeds who i think about myself and who mm-hmm. i think i am but the reason i call it the platform for pride is in in two ways and one is the idea that everyone in the world needs to and wants to see what you post and i don't mean it like oh don't post that i don't care i don't mean that i mean that me as the user it causes me to focus way too much on how other people view me and it causes me to focus way too much on building myself up in a light because nobody posts their bad their bad things about them some girls and some guys might post their raw pictures without makeup or they're, they're, they're going to type a long caption about their raw feelings and how they truly feel. But even then that it's is just attention seeking. Yeah. Well, yeah. But even, even if it's not attention seeking, so to speak, I mean, yeah, I guess it is because it's like, I want this person to see that I'm being genuine and think that I'm genuine and therefore think I'm a better person. If it's not positive attention, then it's pity. Yeah. Yeah. Sympathy. And, yeah. and so, and that's why so many people get depressed and anxious and suicidal over this is because they put so much, they stake so much of their happiness on whether or not people respond positively to who they think they are. So they spend all this time and effort on social media, building themselves up to be this person that they want other people to see them as. And they say, I want this person to view me this way. I mean, I, I do it in my captions. I say, I don't want to say something that sounds stupid. So people think, wow, I'm, I'm a loser, cheesy person. So I don't, I don't, I don't post it. And that's how people are. So that is one way because it feeds our desire to boost ourselves up and that is how it is a and people think it's like not that way but the truth is everyone cares you you assume that the person looking at your stuff so we view ourselves as the center of the universe 
we think that when we post on social media that everyone else views us as the center of the universe when in reality they view themselves as the center of the universe as well and that's when it lets us down so here's the that's the one reason how it's the platform for pride because it allows us to have a platform to boost ourselves and go ahead i'll say the second reason after um i think part of that is like i've heard people say like the problem with social media is that it gives all these idiots a voice yes right that's, i mean yeah. that's the sarcastic way of putting it but i think like to put it more like um i don't know i guess to say it more thoroughly um i would say like just because it gives you the ability to be heard by so many different people doesn't mean that what you have to say mm -hmm. is important for so many people to say mm -hmm. or to hear um from you you know and but everybody thinks you know in because they're self-centered and they're selfish um that they are that center of attention that deserves to be heard mm -hmm. um in social media and again mm -hmm. it just like feeds into that um like want for that desire for attention you know mm -hmm. positive or negative mm -hmm. either one you know yeah and and that actually was my second one is that it gives people a pride in their voice and in their opinion in the sense that back in before social media if you wanted to have the ability to speak to thousands of people you either worked a long time to get into a place where you have that platform or you worked hard to be a writer where you can have that platform or a speaker where you can have that platform or a teacher now you can go on a page that has 10 million followers comment something and thousands of people can like it and see it yeah and it, it has everything to do with luck as mm -hmm. it does like whether you have yeah. something actually valuable to say mm -hmm. you know before so i guess the same applied to um you know the uh, methods that people had mm -hmm. to be heard by so many people back then you know but to such a lesser degree i mean social media makes it like so easy and quick that like it's um it's too easy and it like it gives you know it makes you feel like the person who commented something funny or something profound that really wasn't really that mm -hmm. like you know that smart of a thing mm -hmm. to say or whatever but they got lucky and they got all the mm -hmm. likes and um got famous for saying it mm -hmm. you carry over that respect for what they have to say i guess mm -hmm. into social media um the same as you did um back when it took so much more effort mm -hmm. for people to be heard you know the the things that people say now on social media um get the same amount of respect as the things that people said back then on you know newspapers or radio mm -hmm. or television um even though that took so much more effort and so I, and i think that's changing slowly where people are realizing like pe the opinions of people on the internet don't deserve nearly as much credit as we give them but i think it needs to change some more like yeah. there are you know it's like one percent of all those opinions that you see on the internet or on social media mm -hmm. that i think are really even valuable mm -hmm. yeah it's like people get the platform of people who worked hard in the past to be able to speak to thousands yeah. without the work but they get the same sense of accomplishment without having to do the work so they think they they view themselves equal as the person who did work hard in the past to have that platform so they think that their opinion is as valid and like i was i, I mean i was thinking about this i follow a lot of basketball the number of likes tells you yeah. how valid your opinion is or even the number of people that can see it mm -hmm. and and 
people think that oh that we're such a divided country because of politics no we're a divided com- a country because now we have the ability to show okay this is what i was thinking of okay so pride the division is much more apparent when everybody can say it to each other well no no the di- it's what my point is that it's not just political it's that division lies in everyone because everyone's seeking themselves and that if everyone's seeking hmm. themselves it causes natural division so we see it a lot in politics but social media to me is a big indicator that on any topic because i follow a lot of basketball pages that's the most uncontroversial thing but 90 percent of the comments on there are negative about someone else's opinion like if someone will say i think this and this and this they're about just looking this. for something to argue about yeah i think they'll think i think this about this basketball team and someone will say like are you an effing idiot and i'm like what <laughs> can someone just exist in the same space and not say something different it's like this pride at work where they don't want to be told they're wrong but they don't want to be told that someone else is smarter than them and if it's someone else says something that they don't agree with they their pride kicks in and they say mm-hmm. I am better, and it gives them the platform to say I am better. So it, 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 it everyone's a self-proclaimed. And it gives you the boldness again. Like yeah, nobody's yeah, gonna say, "Are you an idiot?" Yeah, um, right. In person. Yeah, and it, they're self-proclaimed critics because they think that because they have the platform, they can do the platform, and, and you can get away with it socially. It, yeah. and therefore you have that boldness. Make fun of other people, and it, it's really just a, a instrument for pride. And here's how also, so basically, pride is the electrical current. And Instagram, social media is the light bulb. So the power source is there, but the 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 Instagram is just a way that people can see it more. So that's how it is with the light bulb is the power is there. It's hidden in the walls of your house or whatever, but the light bulb is the visible showing of that power. So pride is that power current that is in all of us, regardless of whether you see it. But that light bulb is Instagram and social media that just allows you to see it all the more. I think what you could say is that social media just exposes people's pride a lot more their selfishness yeah and like that's why the you know the idea that we're so divided or whatever um you know is so prevalent because like again like you said you know nobody's afraid to show or to say how much they disagree with other people and it's like i think not only it's not like everybody disagreed just as much with each other before social media made it so easy for people to fight over it but i think it made it like i think it makes it attractive to mm-hmm. disagree with somebody because you have that platform for your pride you want to mm-hmm. win the argument mm-hmm. and yeah. so it baits you into those you know fights yeah. or debates and you know the whole i mean i'm sure you've heard the term like keyboard warrior before right yeah. where like you know you um, think so much of yourself because you want an argument on the internet and like we don't realize how worthless that is you know mm-hmm. yeah and that's the thing is like we think oh well people are so divided because of politics trump this <laughs> trump that no people are divided because they're prideful people who don't want anyone stepping in their way to boost themselves up and that outside of politics people would still be divisive so i pulled up an instagram post about lebron james so basketball player This is a quote from LeBron James saying, Regular season MVP, most valuable player, has never motivated me. To be the best to ever play the game has motivated me. Now I'm going to read some of the comments. First comment is negative because LeBron James is saying he wants to be the best player ever. First comment, Michael Jordan is the best player ever, so he can keep dreaming. (laughs) It won't, next comment, it won't happen because that is Michael Jordan's crown and always will be. Another comment, we'll never be the greatest, don't at me. And then I'm going to read replies of some of these because I'm sure they're spicy. (laughs) 
next so it it already won't happen because that's MJ's crown, Michael Jordan's crown. The reply to that is LeBron is already better. And then someone else says, how many rings does he have? Blah, blah, blah. And there's so many more negative ones, but it's just that someone thinks because like who even crowned this person as an expert of basketball to where this person who's probably 18 or less is saying that this person is better. And because I say they're better, they are better. It's like, they want to speak it into existence. But they got the likes. Yeah, it's like because I say that this person is better, then this person is better. And it's like, who even, how, first of all, I'll see people who have, okay, so there, there's there's people who have played basketball and they become analyzers of basketball. They've played before they retire, they become analyzers, and then they'll analyze the game and then mm-hmm. it'll be on TV. People who never have played in professional basketball, never have been analyzers, never been anything we'll call this guy who's played before and is now analyzing the sport an idiot for whatever he said about <laughs> and i'm like who and it's because he has the voice that he thinks that because like he's never even professionally played and he thinks that his opinion is better than a person who's actually yeah. like who has experience so it's that's we we equate ourselves with someone with all the experience to actually earn the platform when we haven't done any of the work and have none of the experience but we have oh, the platform. Yeah, so here's another good way that um, that reminded me of a, a good way to say that, like what I was talking about, how we give people the credit that we gave the you know the journalists, the newspaper journalists, and the um, radio, you know, people on the radio, people on TV, um, back before social media. That, you know, we give people on social media that same credit. Um, I th- I think the original quote I heard was. Um, the problem with social media is that it gives too many stupid people a mic, you know. So uh, we grew this um, mentality of whoever has the mic must be credible, mm-hmm. right? Now everybody has the mic, and we're giving the same amount of credibility to everybody who has a mic as the few people who had a mic back then is what I am trying to say, you know. And so, like, I mean, you can even, like, feel this... R- in real life like literally when you're holding a mic you know that like carries weight to you right like it makes you nervous or it makes you confident it um ups the stakes for your you know your performance or the the way you talk the way you act um it ups the consequences all of that you know those effects i think still happen to you through social media um it gives you that confidence mm-hmm. and you know again like because i don't know it's almost like a you know i I think stigma would be the right word where you know the mic is that um i don't know i guess you could say like it's sacred Mm -hmm. you know but now everybody has it Mm -hmm. and we still treat it as sacred so the that needs to be devalued now i think because of social media yeah it makes some it's like if you had christmas every day Christmas is like the special sacred thing. It's like, it's mm-hmm. cool because it's once a year. You anticipate it because it's once a year. If you had Christmas every day, it wouldn't be special anymore. Mm-hmm. So when every Joe Schmo, 13-year-old rage quitter on Instagram and YouTube can have just as much say as a person who is valid, it devalues and deholifies the <laughs> the microphone. And that is what you see. And it really is like, that's why the first episode I spent going in-depth on how people are selfish is that it's all bigger picture is that people are just prideful people and they can't stand people telling them what to do and what not to do. And they 
can't stand not looking right and not looking the best in other people's eyes. Mm-hmm. So they will, like I, I said in the first episode, that people, like in the in the book of James, it says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? It's that we have these desires that we will do whatever it takes to get them. So if looking good is our desire, we will do whatever it takes to get it, even if that means bashing and making other people look like an idiot, which is what you see all over social media. And so that all plays into the idea that this desire for fulfillment, we will do whatever it takes to get it if that is what we think it takes, even if it means harming someone else. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So sounds like we talked a lot about it. I'm sure there's more, but we want to end on a positive note. So what we will try to do yeah, is... Yeah, I really want to throw my phone in the garbage now. Yeah. So what we'll try to do is maybe leave something it's you cheer me up. and ourselves with... I'll, I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> is something that we can take with us to apply to our life to maybe practice better techniques because here's the thing with everything in the world there's a positive and a negative we can choose to be part of the positive or choose to be part of the negative so let's choose to be part of the positive think about what things we can do to be positive and then maybe even talk about some of the good things that social media does so we're not just bad 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 because there are good things a majority of it's used for negative but let's think about the good practices that we can do before we close this out i don't know man i'm all I can think about now is that I need to delete all my social media. Well, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it would be good. So I've thought about things like no social media in my bedroom, social media. So what I what I tried to practice, it's hard, but is one check a day. So like I won't check it. Maybe I, think a, I could discipline myself to do that. Yeah, it's hard. But and that's the cool thing is when you discipline yourself with certain practices, the times that you actually do it, it's so much more enjoyable. Mm hmm. Because you're not oversaturating it. So yeah. I don't check Instagram all day. When, when I check it at once, it feels really nice because it's like, all right, this is my one time. I'm not overdoing it, but I get to enjoy the stuff I like. Same with food. If you're strict with your diet, but every now and then you indulge, it's so much better that time rather than if you just eat it all the time because mm-hmm. you oversaturate it. So that's one that I've thought of. Another one is, um, I don't know, using your social media for positive, proactive yeah. sources. Like you hear that all the time it's in the like Christian area um you know from like the bible institute i think i'm sure we talked about that a lot you hear it at church i'm sure like we talked about it in youth group a lot too uh back then but like i never really thought much about it um at all i didn't give any like credit to that idea but now like when you take like a deep look like we are here like at all the negative effects like it really shows the need to um you know like fight that by using your social media in a smart way and like regardless of whether you're a christian i think that concept still applies like i don't know like how could you say it? i guess like you could say you know like vet what you post i mm-hmm. guess right like regardless of the topic like before you hit send or before you hit post like stop and think about it does it you know is it helpful is it like meaningful Hmm. um but like like there's a guy from um second year at uh word of life bible institute that um i don't really use snapchat anymore but when i did i think on instagram actually on his instagram and snapchat stories also he posts nothing but um spiritual related you know quotes sayings like quotes out of a book he's reading um or like quotes that he heard out of a a sermon or you know anything like that it's 
Like, I have never seen anything on his social media that wasn't meaningful. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, that gives me a lot of respect for him, honestly. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, my crappy attention span has made me just skip it and, you know, not care because it's not entertaining to me. It takes effort to digest things like that. It takes things, you know, because it makes you think. So it makes you... um, you know, it's it's one of those things where you see like a long caption and you're like, I don't want to see it. Are you going to say something? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, um, but like, it gives me a lot of respect for him. Like, I remember one time um, he was in my room at the Bible Institute um, and he like was talking, he was talking with my roommate and the conversation kind of dwindled down and he goes, all right, I think I'm going to go back to my room and just kind of, I don't know. I need to think about stuff like I, I don't know I can't remember how he said it but like he's basically saying I need, I need to just like go back to my room and you know sit down and like think for a little bit um and like you know just think about spiritual things or like what he's been learning lately what he what happened throughout the day and the spiritual implications of that you know like things he's learned recently that would apply to his day for example you know things he did wrong that um you know, could have done, done better, you know, just like, I don't know, I guess the best word would be reflecting on the day or, you know, reflecting on the spiritual things that he's been learning recently. Like who sits down and just like thinks like that, like you were saying, just like sitting down and thinking like nobody has the attention span for that. But, mm-hmm. you know, th- those two things specifically like stand out to me about him. And it really like does give me a lot of respect for him because that's somebody who, you can see hasn't fallen into that um that short attention span Mm -hmm. trap yeah and that kind of makes me think of a negative and a positive so negative i forgot about that leads (laughs) to a positive is i think that so the bible says in proverbs i think that maybe james life and death is in the power of the tongue and so I think that social media has caused us to devalue the power of our words because mm. we can just say them so frivolously. Like I said in the first episode, the first intro, the more that you use and have of something, the less value it becomes. So the more words that you use, the less valuable they are to you. Yeah. And like the word set, the, the Bible says, it says where many, where words are plenty, sin is plenty as well, or something like that. Hmm. And so I think just as much as, and like you hear people kill themselves on social media because people said, they're like, they'll say, I've heard it before where like someone's on a live cam or something and they're like, oh, oh I'm going to kill myself. And then people are like, do it. Ha, ha, ha. And, <laughs> and, and they do it. And so people's words are more valuable than we think. And I've learned this even in person too, that encouraging word, like it says in the Bible, words are uh, life and death are in the power of the tongue. So an encouraging word to someone can do so much more than we think because for one on the other end of that phone we have no idea what that person's going through as stupid as it may seem and we so easily throw around insult with it why don't you know why don't we throw around positive encouragement with it and i've learned that a lot with how much just saying good job or how much saying i appreciate this Mm -hmm. really encourages people so i even think even if it's i'll let you finish what you were saying i just thought of something really but even if it's a random person that we will never see, who knows how much saying something good about them. Yeah. It, it builds up and it helps. And so I think that using your comment sections and even people that mm-hmm. you know closely to, to say something encouraging is really goes a lot longer than we think. 
And I, I honestly, like on basketball, I'm, I'm much quicker to say, oh, I think you're wrong about this. But how much more if we like really were building up with our, our words? Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't know. Like, I think if, again, like if, you know, compared or not compared, um, similar to how I was saying, like, I wish I could just magically force myself not to talk when I was about to say something negative, sarcastic, or roasting somebody, you know, that kind of thing. In the same way, like, I kind of wish I could see a percentage of how much of, like, everything I say throughout a day is positive, you know, a, a compliment or an encouragement to somebody versus negative. And, like, like, when was the last time you complimented somebody instead of, like you know being sarcastic or roasting them or whatever like that's to me like i can't really even like point to anything that i said today mm -hmm. that was like specifically positive instead like the fact that you can ask a question so simple when was the last time you complimented somebody or like when was the last time you said something encouraging to somebody and like you can't at least i couldn't really point to it like that's kind of depressing like you were joking or you were talking about how me and you like joke and roast each other all the time. But like, I don't know when the last time either of us, comp you know, said something really like um, sincerely um, encouraging to each other was, you know, mm -hmm. like, I, I mean, it's not like it's never happened. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. You got my point. Yeah. And it's it's almost like a fear of. I don't know. It's just easier to say something. Yeah, yeah, it's a fear. It's honestly like a fear of almost being. And they, this, like I said, it's so funny how how consistent this line of thinking is. It comes down to pride because mm -hmm. we are afraid if we are sappy and genuine, then this person's going to think we're weird and it's going to kind of strain their relationship because this is kind of makes weird you feel and, weak, maybe. Yeah, weak, like it's humbling, and it's like awkward because you said like, "Oh, I man, I I, th I really appreciate you and love you as a friend." That's kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, and it's it's like. It's so much easier to be fake mean than it is to be real nice. Dang. And that's a good one right there. I think that is that is a big thing about it and we just kind of get afraid to do that and I and I mean perfect love casts out fear. So if we really did love the person, hmm. then that fear would not be there. So we have to ask ourselves how do we really love a people enough in general, not just close friends, but people enough to be willing to say the things that need to be said in a positive way to encourage them instead of being kind of afraid that it might be seen as weird because I know that's a reason I don't say things. It's like, Oh, this is going to be awkward and kind of cheesy and sappy sounding. So I'd rather just text it to them or <laughs> just not say it at all. But if I was motivated not by the fear, but by the love for them, then it would be a lot easier to say it because love sacrifices. That's the big thing. So it sacrifices what they may think of me in order to make them see that mm -hmm. it's, it's all selfless. So mm -hmm. we want to build them up instead of possibly tear ourselves down. Yeah. And going back to the attention span part, you know, because we um, want to stick with what takes little effort, you know, think about the sacrifice of being an encouragement. Like, um, trying to think of like a biblical example, uh -huh. but I don't know. The best I can think of is like what I'm trying to say is it takes a lot of effort 
to be encouraging and like you know being positive takes effort because it is that sacrifice like it's a sacrifice of like if nothing else your you know your pride your selfishness it you have to be selfless to sacrifice um for somebody else in order to be an encouragement or a positive influence to yourself like um you know i'm i I think everybody has that friend or that person in their life who like you recognize especially you know as christians like we're i think we you know you hang around somebody and you realize god's kind of saying like you need to be a friend to them or like Mm -hmm. be you know minister to them or um you know look for ways to um be an encouragement to them and you're tempted not to why because it's work right Mm -hmm. like putting up with people who are um you know negative a lot or well let's say you have an unsafe friend and you want to win them to the lord like that is work right there you know i mean that's half the reason why we don't bother with it i think is because we don't want to take the make the sacrifice to invest in them you know so i feel like we're running low on time but um i think that's you know as far as like takeaways are concerned like that's the number one thing i think is like not just using your social media well but like how do you use your social media well right you know i mean i think it would be beneficial or i i think it would be enough just to look for the things that take sacrifice and effort in your social life and chase those things down um and you know look for those things to teach yourself to be more of a positive influence and to um train yourself too you know to be to invest more into those long-term um things in your life that bring more reward than the the short-term instant gratification um you know conversations um socializing you know any other form of socializing and your relationships you know like you said investing in the long term it all plays back to the idea that social media degrades the desire for long term mm-hmm. so we have to long-term train ourselves yeah so we have to train ourselves to invest time in the things that are long term yeah just like this podcast was really long and we need to stop. <laughs> Actually, I'm not going to talk anymore. But yeah, so that is technically the first episode. And I think we, we talked about some interesting things. And honestly, we didn't, I mean, that wasn't very like scripted or prepared. We kind of just talked about what was, what we see and what we observe. And I think it, I think it turned out okay. And uh, as far as the ep- next episode goes, we're not entirely sure yet what we'll do, but I mentioned the brief kind of topics we'll be doing in the first intro I did. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this, and I hope that it was something that maybe you can try and take away a little positivity from it and just not focus so much on the negative. And so I hope that you guys enjoyed this, and hopefully we can come back soon with another episode. And thanks for listening, everyone. This is the Search for Fulfillment podcast. As you can see, a lot of our topics will be coming back to the idea that we are indeed searching for fulfillment. And all these topics are just ways that we are trying to find it. And I think social media is one of those big ones where we try to find it. And that is why 
people stake so much of their life on it. So hopefully in the next episode, we will tie that in well, and we will see you next time. Goodbye, everyone.